This is the Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Hey, welcome to the show. I'm Pei Chen here with you every Saturday from 3 to 4 p.m. Hope you're enjoying the the day. I hear that uh, the the skating rinks are open, which is perfect because now it's actually cool enough that it feels kind of winterish because we are now less than a month away until Christmas. So it is... uh, well, I like to call it Black Friday Boxing Day. So it's the day after Black Friday. If that is a thing for you, I'd love to hear if you actually, I would love to hear if any of you scored some sort of great deal, like a Black Friday deal. Text in 71010. You can also text in during the show. Um, but I'd like to know if you decided to do any Black Friday shopping. Did you go to the stores? Did you do something online? Uh, let me know what sort of great. Uh, great deal you got. I got up this morning to, I'm just going to brag for a little bit, I got up this morning to take a gym class and I woke up and by 8.15 in the morning, because I have my phone next to my bed, um, so I always, you know, pick up my phone, the first thing I check is, you know, emails, what came through and, on, you know, by Saturday morning it's usually not much um, and then I check Twitter, but I open up my email and the only thing that had come through were these like emails about um, sales, like online sales. So, by 8.15, I had purchased five items online from Banana Republic because they were having this like crazy extra 60% off sale price thing. Uh, so that's just to let you know how well those little emails, those annoying spam emails that you get from stores when you like go into the store and you sign up for them, they work because I just I spent that money before 8.30 a.m. on a Saturday morning. So text and let me know if you've got anything that was uh, worth bragging about. And uh, usually now they don't go on. They're not just one day. They usually go on for, I want to say, a few months because they're not that exclusive anymore. When I was growing up, as a teen in Nova Scotia. Um, so it wasn't so much Black Friday then. I think we've caught on to sort of the American uh, shopping frenzy because now we celebrate Black Friday, which is the day after their Thanksgiving. But I remember Boxing Day. I feel like it's the exact same thing now. For Boxing Day here in Canada, it's not one day only, but it used to be like you used to have to line up at the mall on December 26th in the morning because the sales were only good that day and you had to get them in person. Now, it doesn't matter because that same sale happens for like 200 days out of the year. So it's not even a big deal anymore. But I do want to I do want you to make me jealous if you bought anything good. You can text in at 71010. So we are less than a month away from Christmas. I'm not sure if that is making you panic or not. Um, I'm not doing any gifts this year. I haven't told anyone else that, but they'll they'll learn that I'm not doing any gifts this year because my family and I, and I'll be talking about this later, uh, uh, we are going on a trip to Taiwan, which is a really big trip. It's a very expensive trip. Uh, my extended family is there. Uh, that's where that's where I was born, and then my parents immigrated to Nova Scotia when I was a year old. So my dad, who is 76, my uncle, who lives in Victoria, B.C., he's 73, and he has some health issues. He hasn't been back in over a decade. Uh, my mom, my brother and sister-in-law, and my eight-month-old niece, we are all going together. I um, have lived alone almost my entire adult life. I like my space. I like doing things my way. I like getting up what I want. Um, It is very challenging for me to think about traveling with my entire family. And also on this trip, because there's so many of us, and it is is rather costly, um, I'm sharing a room 
and a bed with my mom for most of those two weeks. So you will want to check in on me when I come back. Uh, I just want to let you know about something else that's going on. You may recall me talking about uh, a group that I'm a part of. We are privately sponsoring a Syrian refugee family. It's a family of seven. We're doing this through Lifeline Syria, which is an organization organization that you've probably heard a lot about in the news. Um, so we've, you know, been really dedicated to our fundraising efforts. And uh, we're quite proud of where we've gotten actually so far. So one of our big uh, things we decided to do just launched today, it's an online auction. And if you want to find me on Twitter or Facebook, I have put the link up there. But um, it is basically it is 32, the number 32 auctions dot com slash Canada cares. And we got some amazing donations um, online. We've got uh, gift cards from Kaplansky, so Zane Kaplansky, of course, who hosts Just Eat here on News Talk 1010. We have a dinner for four from Edulis in Toronto, which is worth over $700. We have a $400 gift card to Biblos restaurant. We've got lots of really great uh, gift certificates and gift cards, some clothing, services, um, theater tickets. So please check that out because you might be able to get a head start on your on your holiday shopping and get a good deal. Lots of cookbooks as well. So um, I'll remind you again, but it's uh, 32auctions.com slash Canada Cares. So um, the topic I'm bringing to you on the show today is always a timely one, but perhaps more so, you know, around this time of year when we start taking out the credit cards, buying presents, spending money like it's free, because sometimes on a card it feels like it is free, right? Um, But, uh, you know, like I was mentioning, the Black Friday sales. Well, you know, there are a lot of people in the city who, and I am one of those people too, um, who would love to own a house. I love I, I love living downtown. I absolutely love the city. Um, I do not think I'll ever be able to own a house in the city on my own. It just seems too far out there. So I know a lot of people who are in the same boat as me who are even just have two incomes and have trouble thinking about buying a home. Um, and there are also those people who have a house and are just on that verge of barely being able to keep up with their payments um, or perhaps have already fallen behind. So I've got a couple of things we're going to talk about today. We'll talk about the real estate bubble that exists in Toronto. Will will it burst? You know, and obviously that benefits some people and not others. Uh, we'll talk about some of the, you know, hot up and coming areas in the city and what might still be a worthy purchase in the city. As a condo owner, I'm personally afraid of all of the cranes that I see in the, sil- in the city that are going up. And I think, you know what, I just put a lot of money into a condo and there's buildings going up all around me soon. It's going to be worth nothing. But we're also going to talk about mortgages and this thing called second mortgages, which I never fully understood. So in the November issue of Toronto Life magazine, written by uh, Philip Preville, there was a story of a few people in the GTA that he focused on who just got in over their head with their mortgage. And maybe you can relate. So if you lost your job in the new year, would you be able to keep up with your home payments? Like, do you have that emergency fund that you could do this? So I would love you to text in 71010. Um, Let me know if you have any questions about mortgages, about real estate, second mortgages. So the people in this story, in the Toronto Life story, soon found themselves basically unable to get a regular mortgage like you or I might if we walked into a bank. And um, they found, they had to find these like alternative lenders. So 
private lenders, people who would offer them a second mortgage. So one of those mortgage brokers featured in the Toronto Life Story is Ron Alfonso, a Toronto-based mortgage specialist who works in the field of private and second mortgages. So Ron, you know, I've always heard the term second mortgage thrown out there, and I never really knew what that meant. So who is that for? Good question. Well, first off, thanks for having me here, Pei. I really enjoy having you here. So a second mortgage Basically, anyone who has, you have a house, condo, yeah. you have a first mortgage with one of the traditional banks. It goes up to usually 75 to 80% maximum value, okay? But you need more money for whatever reason. A private lender can give you what's called a second mortgage or a mortgage that's behind the first for an amount usually maximizing at about 85%. So does that mean, let's just say, to keep the number simple, that my first mortgage is $100,000. Something happens where I suddenly need more than that, and then I go to somebody for a second mortgage, and I say, help me out, I need another $20,000. Like, you're, you're adding money to it? Right. So let's, let's take a $100,000 uh, condo, okay? Yeah, I wish. <laughs> okay, well, these are just examples. <laughs> I know, I know, but in so, for a second, I got really excited <laughs> yeah, or panicked. Okay. Trust me. <laughs> so it's a hundred thousand dollar condo. You've got a uh, first mortgage for fifty thousand dollars. Right. Now you need another twenty thousand dollars. Let's say so. We give you another mortgage for twenty grand. That puts your loan to value ratio for this at seventy percent. Right. You can go up to eighty, eighty-five. It depends on the property. So a second mortgage is just more debt behind the first mortgage that's all now you so what you do because you are a, a like a private lender is that the best Correct. way to describe you yes. because most like i have mine with um one of the big banks right you know um got a good deal through a mortgage broker what is sort of the average interest rate right now that's that would be floating around for a mortgage for a second mortgage let's say okay, okay you want for the first a, mortgage yeah or for a first mortgage? mortgage okay first mortgage the lowest rates i've heard are about two two and a half percent range, okay. which was incredibly low. Yeah. Like fantastic deals right now today. Yeah. For a second mortgage, it really depends upon your situation. Mm -hmm. How, uh, what loan to value ratio are we going to? Right. Uh, what's your credit rating like? Mm. Do you have enough money? There's Probably a whole bunch not. of, right. So there's a whole bunch of different factors. And the lowest we can get you a second mortgage at right now and hold mm -hmm. your pants is around 8% or so. Whoa. And then it keeps climbing. That And that's the lowest. That's, so that's so you really, you're loaning money to people who cannot borrow money elsewhere. Like they're coming to you because it's, they can't get that 3% mortgage at the bank. Correct. And that would be because? That would be because uh, all different kinds of reasons. I've heard everything. Usually it would come down to two main things. Income doesn't qualify mm -hmm. or they have a bad credit rating. And we're not talking about people that, um, you know, they're bad people or Sometimes spending. life happens. Things right. happen, right? Someone gets sick. Exactly. Uh, you have to take care of a family member or you just feel like credit cards are free money. Right. Okay. So we talk to those people. We get their story. Right. Is your story reasonable? Something triggered this event. Mm -hmm. As long as it's reasonable, we'll fund you. Okay. And we also want to help them along the way. Don't do this again. <laughs> it's like you're, you're wagging your finger at them. Don't do this again. All right, so Ron's going to stick around. We're going to take your questions as well. You can text in at 71010. You can also call in at 
1010 if you have a question about uh, second mortgages and what happens, I guess, with people who are basically on the verge of losing their homes. And that was really the focus of the story. And it talked about some of the clients that you worked with and how you were able to help them. So uh, Ron's going to stick around. You're listening to The Pay 10 Show here on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. Right now, we'll take a look at the roads with News Talk 1010, Time Saver Traffic. This is The Pay 10 Show on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. I love your text messages about your Black Friday deals. Someone wrote in and said they got an HP laptop for $300. That seems really reasonable uh, from the source. They bought it online because they hate malls. Welcome to my world. Okay, I want to share this with you because maybe you're out there and you're thinking about shopping. Someone got five tops and a pair of shoes from The Gap all online. $165, $165, the same spammy emails made me do it. I'm telling you, this is why, this is what happens when you like wake up and, and you look at your phone to check the time. You're like, oh, what is this sale email from this store that I subscribe to? Uh, actually, so uh, another listener from Guelph actually probably did the best thing. They said, uh, I saved a ton of money on Black Friday. I didn't go shopping. That's a good one. Uh, So my guest in studio is Ron Alfonso, who specializes in the field of private and second mortgages. And he was also featured in uh, the November issue of Toronto Life magazine. A great story in there that um, kind of profiled a few families who, you know, bought a home thinking that they could make the payments and then something happened. You know, sometimes someone loses work, work slows down and, uh, you know, or they, they split up and found themselves unable to make their payments. They fall behind, the bank comes knocking and threatening, and they find themselves in a situation where they're on the verge of losing their home, and they need to do what a lot of people do, which is take out a second mortgage. So if you have a question um, right now about mortgages or second mortgages, you can text in at 71010. So Ron, we were saying just before the break that the people who, come to you are the ones who are having trouble securing a lower interest mortgage from a bank. They're the ones that the bank is saying, nope, you are too high risk for me. That's correct, Pay. yes. Okay. So when they come to you, uh, you charge them a higher interest rate because they're higher risk for you, right? Correct, yes. Okay. So have you ever, I'm I'm thinking you must have, totally lost money on on clients because they just, goodbye, they took your money (laughs) and there they go. Yeah. Yeah, the stories are incredible. Uh, we lent money on one house. Yeah. Uh, next day, guy disappeared, gone. No. Took off, left the country. Oh, he left the country. Yeah, gone. Couldn't oh, you find the guy. Have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I feel like if he was still in the country, you could probably find him. Yeah, we we tried for months to find this guy. Wow. And finally, we, we he was declared abandoned. Like. How do you protect yourself against that, though? Because obviously you do the background checks right. and you, you know. Yeah, everything's checked out. It all goes through lawyers. Everything's legal. It's just that we're taking a chance on the equity and the property and the person. We do the best we can to ensure that everything's done properly. Um, if they decide to leave the country, well, then at least we've still got the property because you can't take the house with you. Right. So you you had his house then? Yes, we have a mortgage on the house. Okay. okay? So then what we did was eventually, six or eight months later, we sold the house, recouped our money. So you did get your money. Okay. So because I I was wondering, because you're... we recouped not all of our money. We took a loss on it, okay? Oh, I see. Because who gets paid first? The person who owns the first mortgage? Yes. In this case, we were the first mortgage holder, so we got paid. Yeah. 
Uh, but then before us, we had to pay property taxes, real estate agents, lawyers, construction crew had to go and fix the house because oh. they trashed it. Yeah. You know, so we took a substantial loss on so that. So all of those people get paid first. Right. How does it feel to be last? Not good. <laughs> Let me tell you, <laughs> not good. <laughs> well, can't you prioritize in some way or no? Uh, well, we try our best. Okay, so we take a first mortgage. The first mortgage puts us in first position, but right. we're always behind the government, who's number one every time, mm -hmm. and the real estate agent must get paid, and you know the lawyers are getting paid before I get paid. The lawyers have to get paid, okay? right, yeah. And then, in this case, the house was smashed up, so we, we couldn't just sell it. If we sold it in its terrible condition, we mm -hmm. would have got nothing. So I had to pay to fix it. Right. And... Even though you know you're going to lose on it, you know that you have to fix it up. I got no choice. Ron, this is a tough business that you're yeah. in. Um, we've got John. Uh, John's on the line. And Mike, can you put him through or do I have to do that? Mike's going to. Thank you, Mike. John, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, John. So you're calling from Toronto. Um, and what's your, so I believe your situation is that you're behind payments on your second mortgage. Yeah. Thanks for taking my call. Hi, Ron. How are you? Okay, fine. Uh, Ron, uh, my question is that actually I bought a house in 2008, uh, 2003 basically I immigrated to Canada, 2008 I bought a house, but I think I did the worst mistake of my life that I bought a house with 0% down payment, and that was huge actually, somebody who used to own this house, I was a tenant here, and I was looking for a house, and uh, at that time my income wasn't that much, but he offered me, and he got everything arranged for me, the lawyers, the mortgage, and everything, and we ended up in buying this house. Um, things uh, were very good at that time initially, but later on then uh, I started realizing that I cannot pay my payment in time, so okay. I was running so, behind. Let me ask my, you a couple questions, okay? Yes. Right now at this point in time, your house is worth a certain amount of money, and you owe on it another amount of money. Is yes. the house worth more than the mortgage amount or the amount they're demanding? Way more than uh, what I owe. So the house is worth way more than what you owe. Exactly. It's in Missaga. Okay. It's so in, uh, that's a good thing. All right. You have equity now. I do have. Now, next question becomes, you've received some kind of legal documentation. What do they want? Do they want money? Do they want... No, I, they, they haven't sent me because we are negotiating it. But I know that what they are asking, because when I was having my second mortgage, they never told me that when I'm going to renew it for next year, I will have to pay 10% renewal. Wow. Oh, okay. So there's a yeah. lot of wow. little hidden costs sometimes, right, that you have exactly. to pay attention to. And they never told me. And that is $3,000. And then from 9.2%, uh, they increase it to 13.8%. So it's adding up $800 something. Something mm -hmm. like that. Okay. So here, here's some. Okay. So John, I'm just going to get, uh, we only have about a minute left. So yeah. I'm going to get Ron to give you a quick answer. Then I'll Qu give you his website that you can Quickly, find Quickly. Okay. You, you go back, you take a look at the termination date on the mortgage. I think what you should do is get another mortgage because your renewal fee at 3000 you can get another one uh, without these onerous terms. Okay. That's what you should be really looking at. And you can always ask uh, us or somebody else. You know, is the structure that you've got financially, is it proper? That's my suggestion to you. 
Okay, so um, John, Ron's website is mortgagebrokerstore.com. So you can check that out if you want to contact him and maybe, you know, get some more advice. But I bet he's he's not the only one in this boat, right? Like there are a lot of people like him that are just, they keep borrowing money to keep people off their backs. I get calls like this every day, all day long. Um, people are basically coming to you all the time just asking for money, eh, Ron? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, do your friends do this? Do they like, Ron, I need 20 bucks. Ron, yeah. I just saw a pair of shoes online this morning and they're yeah. $80. Can you please uh, lend me some money? So we're going to, Ron's going to stick around. Uh, Ron is a mortgage specialist who specializes in um, second mortgages and also kind of bailing people out of foreclosure, which we'll talk a little bit about that. And we're going to talk about the, um, the Toronto real estate market and condos as well. We've got a few texts in about people who are like myself, condo owners, and wondering if we've made a mistake stake or not. So uh, you're listening to The Pay Chen Show here on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010, taking a quick break. Back with more right after this. Now back to The Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Have you looked at uh, housing prices in Toronto lately? Even if you're not looking because it scares you, uh, you've probably heard of the the stories because you hear about it all the time in the news. You'll hear about, you know, some rundown, crappy place that's infested with termites that has to be torn down but still sells for over half a million dollars. And then it gets torn down and built into something else. Um, so the the challenge in Toronto is that there are only so many homes on the market. There's only so much property. So it seems like the city, if you look, there's cranes everywhere and everyone's just building up more condos, more and more. And that is sort of become the um, the price point that most first time buyers can afford because some of these condos are being built at like 300 square feet. And uh, I just moved into one that is 500 square feet. I was away two weeks ago. The hotel room I stayed in was larger than my home. So when I made that realization, I had a little cry. Uh, Ron Alfonso is a mortgage specialist who often lends uh, private and second mortgages to people. He was in a recent Toronto Life story that... uh, profiled a lot of families who were struggling to make the payments on their homes. So, Ron, we were talking just before the break about second mortgages. And what I didn't realize you were telling me during the commercial break is that, um, you know, when I signed a mortgage, I think it's like a 20-year well, I'm going on a 20-year term, but I signed for five years at a time. But people who come to you, it's not long-term. I didn't realize that. that that's correct, Pay. People that come to us have short-term mortgages, usually one year, two years at the max. We are meant as a bridge to a lower interest rate mortgage. Okay. Our goal is to get you, for some reason you had to come to us, you need the money quickly, fast. Mm-hmm. We arrange that. And then our goal is to get you back into a traditional bank mortgage, a low interest rate mortgage. And there you go. You can continue with your life. So once they borrow from you and they can kind of pay back the people that are harassing them. Correct. And they get their credit up a little bit. Yep. We improve their credit rating. Yeah. We give them a little bit of advice and don't do this anymore or don't do that. Right. But really, one of the main things is improve credit rating. Mm-hmm. In a lot of cases, we tell them you got, it's one or two people living in a four or 5,000 square foot home. You might not need it or you can rent out the basement or something. Right. So we look at it from all different points of view. I inspect most of the houses myself personally mm-hmm. and I talk to the people and we determine what's the best strategy for that person. It's a long-term goal. Keep the house or mm-hmm. short term, stay in here for a bit, sell the house. Right. Now, what I didn't realize, too, is I didn't really understand um, what – I didn't really know, like, power of sale, foreclosure, right. and what 
uh, in the article, what I learned is that um, it is better for, or it seemed uh, that for to avoid foreclosure was the better option. Avoiding the whole power of sale foreclosure <laughs> thing, <Yeah>. pay. <laughs> Always avoid foreclosure and power of sale. Yeah. There's, there's a little line. Um, you really, truly, honestly don't want to get involved in that. I mm-hmm. mean, and if it does happen, meet it head on, talk to your lenders, try and work out a solution. Uh, out of the two, foreclosure is the worst. Right. Power of sale, at least you've got a chance of getting some money. Foreclosure, none. Okay. All right. So... In, in Ontario, uh, foreclosures are rare. They're also very expensive. Oh, so is power of sale the one where you might, um, you would pay for some renos, fix up the house, and sell it? Correct. And then everyone gets paid first, and if there's any money left, that goes to the client. Yeah. Usually, some, so someone comes up to me and says, I'm in power of sale. I have no money. They're going to throw me out. They're going to evict me tomorrow. Right. We'll come in, talk to lawyers, banks, lenders, take care of everything, smooth it all out. We'll look at their situation and say, oh, uh, there's a bunch of equity here, Mm -hmm. but it does need to be fixed up. We'll arrange the real estate agents, lawyers, we'll pay for all the uh, repairs, take care of it. And then we're trying to figure out how much can we sell it for? Right. You know, there's all this money to be paid to all these people. Here's our cut. And the homeowner, here's what we think you'd make out of this deal. Okay. If you don't want to go our way, well, you can let the bank take it power of sale and take your chances that way. Right. And that's the way that you would make back your your money is to know that it's wor- the house is worth a lot more than what is owed on it. So you fix it up a little bit, you sell it, everyone gets what's owed to them. You obviously are paid the interest that is owed to you. If the house did really well, then that person might walk away with a few tens of thousands of dollars. Well, more than that. In the Toronto Life article, mm-hmm. the uh, one person there came out with over 100000 And just before that, they were struggling to make their payments. Yeah. I mean... Quite literally, they had no money. They couldn't even buy food. Wow. It was that bad. But people want to hold on to their homes because they know it's worth something. It's not just that. It's your home. Yeah. You got to remember, when you're being evicted, this is not just money. Mm -hmm. This is your personal values, your house, your self-esteem goes out the door. The worst thing you can do is just be thrown out by a sheriff, okay? Mm -hmm. Isn't it better that you take control and sell the house with a real estate agent and you can always come back and say, wow, I made money when I sold my house. Right. There, there's a lot of emotional, personal factors that go into this. Now, for you, because it benefits you that the market is doing really well and that homes are, um, you know, the prices of homes keep going up. That's good for you because if the bubble burst and, and suddenly like, eh, well, let's take off $100,000 in the value of these homes, it becomes a risky business for you, right? It could be very bad. But it would be great for me as someone who can't afford to buy a house. <laughs> Pay? Uh, for the average person, uh, they can't afford to buy a house, I'd say yes. Right. Let the bubble burst. Everybody can buy houses cheaper. Is it going to burst? Because re- right now, reality- I feel like down in Toronto, in the Toronto area, it. I don't know of anyone who can buy a house under $700,000. And if so, it's really small and needs a lot of work. It needs another $100,000 put into it. So we're on the verge of a, a million dollars, right? Right. Okay. So let's think about this. What goes up eventually will come down. Okay, Pay? Yes. The question is when. Mm-hmm. It's not if the bubble's going to burst. Right. It's when is it going to burst? Okay. I, ca- I call this musical chairs. Yeah. Are you going to be the last one? Are you going to get stuck holding? Mm-hmm. You know, I can only give a best guess. Mm-hmm. And I'm basing it on stuff like uh, market, population, interest rates, that kind of stuff. We know that the uh, U.S. Fed has said they're going to raise their interest rates uh, next month. 
Does, and that affects us? It affects us indirectly. Okay. All right. But what it is, it's a signal mm-hmm. that the Canadian interest rates will raise or increase at some point in time. And right now, we're at that 2 2.5% for a first mortgage. Let's say you raise the uh, interest rate up half a percent. Well, that doesn't sound like much, right? No, it doesn't. But that's actually a 25% increase on your mortgage payments. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. On a half a million dollar mortgage or a million dollar mortgage, it's yeah. like, it, it, it wipes you out. You have to sell. Wow. People are not thinking of it in that manner, okay? Right. Okay. So so because um, prices seem to have, are, they to me seem very inflated in this city. Yes, you know, I'll agree. Yes. So it's the situation where maybe if you're looking to buy a home, do you just do you just wait? There's there's a good question. Mm-hmm. If you're going to buy a house for the longer term, because you're going to live in it anyway, right? Right. Yeah. You have to live somewhere, okay? Yeah. So if you have to live in Toronto, fine. Go find a house. Try and get something that at least you can at least pay for long term. If you're not, you just like this house, I emotionally look at it and go, wow, I want that. Yeah. Well, maybe step back, think about it. Let get some uh, sober second thought going on here and say, maybe this is just too emotional decision. Because if you can't pay for it, you're going to lose it. And I, and some people, I think, look at a home um, in a short-term way. They might have, uh, let's let's say they go, well, you know what? This is the next three to five years. But then when we start a family, we're going to move up. Um, so when I think that uh, we're, that's what's happened to a lot of families is that they are priced out of the housing market, so going into condos. And when we come back after the break, I want to talk a little bit about the condo market yeah. because uh, we also got a text in. someone, And this concerns me because this is in the downtown area. A listener texted in and says that there are condos in their building in Liberty Village, which is a really hot area right. in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Lots of young professionals, great amenities. There are condos in their building in Liberty Village that have been on the market for over two months, which seems a little long mm-hmm. in the city. And the value, now this is concerning, the value has not increased in four years. So I want to talk about that after the break. If you have questions, you can text in at 71010. My guest is mortgage specialist Ron Alfonso. You're listening to The Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. Back with more right after this. Where opinions are celebrated. The Pay Chen Show on News Talk 1010. Thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for your text messages. You can still text in at 71010. My guest is Ron Alfonso, a mortgage specialist in the city who uh, I know got a lot of response from being featured in the uh, Toronto Life story about mortgage slaves. So basically people who were just so tied to their mortgages and, and couldn't either uh, couldn't pay them at all or were at the point where they're about to lose their homes. So we're talking a bit about the real estate market in the city because, as we mentioned before the break, Ron, um, it's great for you that housing prices are so high because when you're working with a client who then, through power of sale, needs to sell their home, you know that you have a better shot of making back the money you've put in uh, if the market is doing really well. Now, if this bubble bursts at some point, maybe it will, like it'll correct it. Everyone says it's going to correct itself. I don't know what that means exactly. Like, does that just mean that, you know, an $800,000 house be suddenly becomes a $700,000 house? Because it's not going to suddenly become half price. No, nev- never happened. <laughs> Which is okay? when I would want to buy it. <laughs> pay, you got to be realistic. Yeah. There's going to be a drop at some point in time. Mm-hmm. I'm estimating, and these are just my personal guesses, yes. 10 to 20%. All right. So a million dollar house, it's 200, $100,000 to $200,000 drop. Mm-hmm. But on a $200,000 home, 
home or condo, it's only 20, 40,000. It's significant. Yes. What really matters is how big a mortgage have you got? Okay. That, that's the big factor. Because what happens if you've got a million dollar house, you've got a $750,000 mortgage and it drops 20%. Well, there's no equity left now. Oh. Oh. That's not, bad. That's bad. Yeah. That's not good. So yeah. let's talk about um, condos in the city because there are so many buildings that have gone up just in the past 10 years even. Yeah. Uh, and still, when, when I walk here to work, I only have to walk a couple of blocks, but I'm always sidestepping construction zones. Uh, and we had a listener text in to, to say that the a few condos in his building in Liberty Village have not gone up in value and people are struggling to sell. Is that because we have so many condos now in the city that, that there's like so much to choose from? Yes. Okay. So let's take a look at how many condos are actually out there. 10,000 million. Yeah. It's not so even a number. The, the numbers that I've read and seen, 30,000 new units a year are being built in Toronto. So last year, 30,000, this year, and the next for, forecasted for three or four years out. Right. 30,000, two people per unit, that's 60,000 people. That's a small town every year. We don't have that many people coming in. Who's going to occupy these condos? So um, as someone who just moved into the condo that she bought, uh, are condos still a good investment? Like, Or does it depend on the area? We should maybe touch upon like areas in the city. There are all kinds of different areas. Condos are a good investment if you're going to stay there long enough doesn't suit your needs. Uh, If it's too small and you get a husband, wife, and a kid in there, well, Mm -hmm. then it's not suitable. There are certain areas that would be cheaper to get condos in that make them viable. Okay. If we take a uh, a 500 square foot or $500,000 condo, Mm -hmm. that's pretty pricey. Yeah. Okay. Make sure you really like this place. Um, For me personally, though, I tend to stay away from condos. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thanks, Ron. Well, (laughs) I don't want to make you feel bad, but (laughs) they are, I I think they're a risky investment. Yes. Let's put it that way. Okay. And I would say that, uh, because I know a few years ago, there was, I I knew a lot of people who were, who were buying new condos and flipping them and making these crazy profits. And I thought, this is such a wonderful business. Look what you've just done. You bought this condo for $300,000. A year later, you made $100,000 on it. It seemed like the greatest way to get rich. Yeah, I've heard those stories too. Doesn't happen now, does it? Never happened to me. And I tried. <laughs> Believe me, I tried. I, you know what? I think some of them are, you get one person that it happens to pay. Yeah. And that story gets spread to everybody. Oh, it's like the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, it's always there. So what's still worth investing in right now? Like in the city, what do you lo- see as being really worth the money? Worth it? Okay, so let's look at houses along the subway line. Okay. Uh, let's look at Etobicoke area, mm-hmm. Scarborough. Downtown core is a little bit priced. So let's think about this. A house is a house. As long as you're near the transportation systems, yeah. subway, you can get them in Scarborough for under five maybe. Really? Out there for six. Okay. okay. Also consider this, they're building the Eglinton line. Mm -hmm. It won't be ready for a few years, but now those house prices are going to go up dramatically. You can look at 100,000, 200,000, a lot of these going up. So sometimes you have to look ahead, right? You go, this area might not be the greatest right now, but if you know it's going in, then you you kind of buy now. Yeah, subways are important. They're big. Subway, subway, subways. That's what people want. Uh, Are there certain areas within the city that you think that you may be shy away from because you think the prices have gone up so much that they're just on that brink of being a bit too inflated? It's not a particular 
part of the city, okay? Mm-hmm. It's more that we're getting to prices, a million dollars, two million, three million. First off, those are the ones that would take the biggest hit. So, you know, if you can afford Forest Hill, Rosedale, and those kind of areas, great. I wouldn't buy it there at this point in time. Right. Because any drop in the market, the bigger ones like that drop the most. The, those really large homes, right. right. The expensive ones. If you're going to buy, buy something in, I'd call it a consumer type home. What does that mean? Well, that means anybody can afford it. But not really. Well, okay. okay. <laughs> kind of anybody. So let's say anything in the four, five hundred, six hundred thousand dollar range. Can you? But you can't get a house for four hundred thousand. Can you? There are a few out in Scarborough. Where? Oh, in Scarborough. Okay. Oh, Scarborough. Oh. Come on. <laughs> but do they need a lot of work? That's my because when I if I heard of a house that was four hundred thousand dollars, I would think it needed to be torn down. Of course, it needs work. Okay. Okay. So, but now. You put your time and effort into it, and you can actually afford the house. You do the work on it, mm-hmm. and if you're smart, you're going to rent out the basement because it's a bungalow. A lot of them are bungalows. Yes, that's okay? true. You, yeah, you get that that uh, rent to help right. pay your So mortgage. think about this: you buy this bungalow for four or five hundred thousand dollars, you get a thousand or so off the rent per month from the basement. You live upstairs; it close to pays for the mortgage. Mm-hmm. Now you're living in the house for you know you're paying that a much. few yeah. Yeah. You're good. Less than rent anyway. Sometimes it works out to less than rent. Yes. It can happen. If you really put your time and effort in, that's where I'd go. What do you encourage people to put down as a deposit? Because I don't know what the, what is it now? Is it 5% or 10% the minimum? Oh, it's changed. I know yeah. that. Uh, you know what? They've got this 5% thing that, you know, they advertise for years. I hear it's out there, but uh, we can't do it. Okay. So my recommendation to everybody is mm-hmm. minimum 20%. Oh, that's a lot of money though. Well, here's the reason why. Yeah. CMA, anytime you go over the uh, 80% loan to value threshold, right. a CMHC insurance fee kicks in. Right. And that's going to cost you a lot more money. Okay. So let's try and have at least 20% down. So at least 20%, because I think what people need to realize is if the, the more you put down, the less of a mortgage you have to pay, the less interest you pay down the road, Correct. right? Yeah. I will tell you that one of the most shocking things that ever happened to me was the first time I got um, that annual statement from the bank uh, at the end of the year, right before I was doing right. my taxes. So this is the first year that I'd ever owned a condo. And uh, I, I will admit, I paid $200 a week on my mortgage. I did a weekly payment. So I was paying $800 a month, which was not bad because that's about how much my rent was. But tack onto that, property taxes and very low maintenance fees, this building I think may have already fallen apart since I have sold it. But I got that statement that showed me what I had paid in principal and what I had paid in interest. And until you see that number, when I looked at it and I realized that I had paid the bank more in interest than what I had paid down on my actual mortgage, like I needed to see that number to actually understand it. And then, because I, when my mom was, my mom would always say to me every year, um, did you put extra down on your mortgage? I'm like, no, I just have to pay $200 a week. That's all I need to do. <laughs> well, it's a pretty shocking number when you actually see it. Because I remember when I bought my first house, I kind of freaked. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Uh, the number was something like I was, I'll tell you, I was paying like 1500 bucks a month. Yeah. And about three or $4 went to the principal. That I, was it. I, 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 I was flabbergasted. So you uh, you really then realized yeah. that you're just giving the bank money. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's when. And then after that, I called the bank. I'm like, I want to increase my payments to two twenty a week, which was like 
enough that I could absorb it without being um, panicked. Yeah. Um, but it did. It, it shaved a little bit off. Yeah. You know, and it was like that, those small things. That's how I learned about finances, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> when I realized the bank took my all the money and it wasn't even going down on my mortgage. Um, so, Ron, uh, your website, mortgagebrokerstore.com. Uh, I know that you've been approached by a lot of people since this uh, Toronto Life story came out. And the people that do come to you, usually it's because they're having trouble securing a mortgage at a bank, right? At a lower interest rate? That's correct, babe. People, there's way more people out there having problems getting money and financing for properties than you realize. Uh, the numbers right now indicate that very few people are going bankrupt or having defaults on their mortgages. But there's a lot of people right on the edge who can't actually you know, afford to buy the new car, can't afford to, you know, pay for the hockey school or whatever mm -hmm. it is. Those are the kind of people that call us every day. And we try and help them as best we can. Sometimes we can't. But one thing we try to do is explain your situation, give you the best advice. Maybe you can try alternative situations. Right. Okay, we just have a few seconds left, but I actually want to ask you, because there are a lot of people who do what you do, like private lenders. Mm -hmm. uh, give me the top two things that a client should ask someone if they're considering um, getting a private mortgage? What's something that they should consider? What are the terms and conditions of the mortgage? Okay. What are the interest rates? Do you have any back-end fees? What are your upfront fees? Okay. So you need to find all of those things out yeah. before you sign on the dotted line and start paying a really high mortgage. Ron, thank you so much. Uh, you've been very helpful. Glad to know that you hate condos. Um, <laughs> I might know one for sale in a year. I'll tell you all about it. Uh, you're listening to The Pay Chen Show. You can always catch podcasts uh, online, paychen.com. I'll be back next Saturday with you. Have a great weekend. Be nice and uh, enjoy the weather. Go skating. Check out the market. I'll see you next weekend.